chapter 2, verse 34 and 35 are our text. And we're talking today about Simeon's blessing. Simeon's blessing. I'll share other verses with you here in just a moment, but these two serve as the text because out of these two will come, uh, there's four truths about the blessing of Simeon that, are, that, are, that I'm going to share with you today, and they're in these two verses, so that's why they're our text. Luke 2, verse 34 said, Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is the reason that many people in Israel will be condemned and many others will be saved. He will be a sign that will expose the thoughts of those who reject him, and a sword will pierce your heart. Now, when you think of a blessing... Somebody says to you, you're going to be blessed. What do you automatically think of? You're like, oh, good, right? Blessing equates to something good is about to come my way or our way. Uh, Things are about to pick up. We equate blessing to, uh, boy, we got a a raise or, or somebody that's sick is now well. We equate blessing to always very positive things, which a blessing is. But what if I told you that while blessing means good is coming, it may also mean a struggle is coming with it. Then you would say, well, that doesn't sound like quite as much fun. How about this preacher? We'll take the good part and you just keep the bad. This passage spells out something for us that I think is very important for us to know. And none of us, including myself, embrace suffering. If I were to get a group together to say, we need some folks to come up here. We're going to pray for this group. We want you to be the ones that this is going to be an awesome year. You're going to make lots of money, and this is going to be the best year ever had. And we need some folks to come stand over here. You're the ones we're going to pray over because you're going to suffer. Which group will be the largest? Will there be anybody in this group? I, I often tell the Lord this myself in my prayers, and I have to remind myself sometimes, I think, to pray correctly. Because I always tell God how good I want things to be. My prayers always consist of, God, bless this one and bless that one and keep this one safe and and protect that one over there and give this one more money and give that. Right? Have you ever prayed a prayer on someone that you love that went something like, oh, God, they really need to suffer. I love them. Suffering would do them good. Lord, would you cut their pay? Perhaps they could lose their job. God, would you help them to be so sick they can't get out of bed? Lord, I pray their TV will blow up and they'll have a hole in their boat. God, I want you to do something to them. I pray that that hell will come in the middle of December and tear off their roof. I, I just, Lord, I love them so much that I want them to be blessed with suffering. doesn't compute 
So every once in a while in my own prayers, I have to say to the Lord, God, you know I got to pray this way. You know I got to do this because it doesn't make sense otherwise. I have to pray that we're all going to be all right. I have to pray that we're going to be blessed. But Lord, I do realize that I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. And that I get heaven so you get to do whatever you want with me to get me and everybody else there. I don't like that prayer, Lord, but I've got to pray it. If I'm going to be honest, I've, I've got to pray that prayer that Jesus prayed when he said, take this cup, but nevertheless, I preached on the nevertheless prayer before, haven't I? Lord, I really don't want to drink of this cup, but if that's what has to happen, then I know that you will give me the grace and the strength. So we want to look at this blessing blessing of Simeon, and it's a good thing. It's a great thing. He blesses Mary and Joseph, and it's a wonderful blessing. But we need to understand That with the blessings of God, the good things, the abundant life that he gives us, that he wants for us, that in order for us to become who we need to be and in order for us to do what we need to do, we're going to suffer some. You've heard the old saying, adversity breeds success. I mean, how many of us, when we go to a 10-story building run straight for the steps instead of the elevator. We'll always choose the path of least resistance if left to ourselves. What would happen if our lives physically were all ease? If if you never had to do anything but just lay in a bed and then be picked up and carried to a recliner which some people are relegated to and wish they weren't. While those of us that are saying, man, I wish I could just lay down for a week. No, you don't. Ask the one who has to. What would happen to our bodies if we never had to walk up a hill? If we never... Had to have something happen to us. You know, we look at these babies. We hate to hear babies cry. I hate to hear my babies cry. But I think to myself, man, if those babies didn't cry, they won't develop their lungs. They won't get strong. We're such a a negative race. The first thing we do to our babies when they come out of the womb is whip them. You ain't been bad yet, but I know you will. (laughs) And when we hear the cry, then we know, oh, the first time you hear the baby scream and cry is the most blessed thing you can hear. Even though that baby was just shocked into life, for you it meant they can cry. They're healthy. We don't want to suffer. Yet, suffering will be necessary the entirety of our life. 
at points and times for specific reasons. God may be about to bless you and the rest of the world through you, but with that blessing will come sacrifice and struggle and hardship and maybe even great suffering. Let me show you what I mean. I'll take you back to Luke chapter 2, verse 22. Pastor, you say, you preached from Luke 2 last week. This is the Christmas story. It was, wasn't it? Last week, we talked about the birth of Christ. This week, let's talk about his life shortly thereafter. After the days required by Moses' teachings to make a mother clean had passed, Joseph and Mary went to Jerusalem and they took Jesus to to present him to the Lord. At this point, he's about 40 days old. He's three months and four days old or so. Get that in your mind. Baby Jesus, three months old. I I can relate to this because my youngest grandbaby right now is three months old. So I know he is at that point in life where that he smiles, which is fun. And he is putting his hands in his mouth. And he'll coo and try to talk to you. It's kind of neat to think of that being the life at this time in our story of sweet little Mary and her little three-month-old baby boy. And how proud they are, and Joseph, to take him down. They are doing exactly what the, the law said they should do. And they are being obedient to God, taking this baby to Jerusalem. 23 said they did exactly what was written in the Lord's teaching. When it said every firstborn boy is to be set apart as holy to the Lord. And they also offered a sacrifice as required by the Lord's teaching. They brought a pair of, of mourning doves or, or two young pigeons. 25 said there was a man there named Simeon in Jerusalem. He lived an honorable and devout life. He was waiting for the one who would comfort Israel. The Holy Spirit was with Simeon. The Holy Spirit had told him that he wouldn't die until he had seen the Messiah whom the Lord would send. So on this day, I love this verse, the way the way this is worded, verse 27, moved by the Spirit, Simeon went to the temple courtyard. That day, something was different in Simeon's life. He's been devout, honorable, serving God for years and years and waiting for this day. And on this day, the Spirit of God said, this is it. Head on down there. This is the day you've been waiting for. Moved by the Spirit. Simeon went to the temple courtyard. Mary and Joseph were bringing the child Jesus into the courtyard at the same time. They brought him so they could do what Moses' teachings had required. And I I wrote in my notes, what happened between these two verses, 27 and 28? As you've read this, maybe you never thought about it the way I have. But it says that he's moved by the Spirit. He goes to the temple. There's Mary and Joseph. They're holding their baby. Verse 28 says, Then Simeon took the child. How do you think Mary felt about that? Who is this stranger? There's not any, there's no cushion between there to say they had pleasantries and he said, Oh, what a what a sweet child, and what are y'all? My name's Simeon. I'm down here today. But there's we don't see none of that. We see. This is probably what happened. I can't, I don't know. I wasn't there. 
But I got a feeling that Simeon is so taken over by the Spirit, he's so excited that when he rushes in the courtyard and the Holy Spirit says, see that couple over there, the baby, that's the one. That's it. He runs over and grabs their baby. They don't know who he is, but he knows who they are. And he took the child in his arms and he praised God by saying, Now, Lord, you're allowing your servant to leave in peace as you promised. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people to see. He's a light that will reveal salvation to the nations and bring glory to your people Israel. In verse 33, Jesus' father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Duh. They're in shock. Someone just came and took their baby and... Listen to what he's saying. They're shocked. And it's in that context, now that you understand, in that context comes our text. At that moment, he's grabbed this baby. He's holding him. He's praising him. He's he's speaking blessings over him. And then he turns to mom and dad. And it says, then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother. This child is the reason that many people in Israel will be condemned and many others will be saved. He'll be a sign that will expose the thoughts of those who reject him. And a sword will pierce your heart. Let's start with the blessing. What is the blessing? The word in the Greek there for blessing is a compound word. It means to speak well of. It means to invoke a benediction upon to, to invoke a benediction upon someone that they might prosper. It is to praise someone. So here is Simeon. The first part of what he is saying to them as a couple is this type of invocation. You can bet this is the part she's saying, write this down. Have you ever been in a, a place where the, a man or a woman of God walked up to you and said, I need to tell you something. The Holy Spirit told me to tell you, bam, 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 whatever. And because the Holy Spirit had already told you that, this was just confirmation coming. And so you just stand there and you just start crying. I mean, you're just like, oh, my lands, oh, my lands, yeah. And you turn to somebody by you and you say, write this down. I don't want to forget this. Have you ever been in that situation? And you ask somebody later on, what did he say? I heard this and this, but man, I, the Holy Spirit was just moving. And I, I was crying and, and I can't remember exactly what he said, but I don't ever want to forget it. Am I right? I don't ever want to forget what he said. This is the part of the statement that Mary's hitting Joseph. Don't forget that. Listen to this. Don't forget that. It doesn't say it here, but you know, there's another passage where it talks about she's pondered these things in her heart. So you know what's going on in her mind. She's like, man, I, this, is, this is confirmation because when he was born and, and, and then when I was hanging around with Elizabeth and, and she was giving birth to John and we had all this stuff going on and I was getting confirmation from the Holy Spirit. And now here it comes again. Write this down. This is good stuff. Joseph, nine months We've been humiliated. Nine months, people have made fun of me and you. They wanted to stone me for being pregnant when I wasn't married. Nine months of what we've gone through of humiliation. And today, it's all paid off. This word from God, write this down. This is a blessing. Right? And with the blessing, 
come some prophetic words. There is an invocation of peace and and blessing and goodness that is going to come to your life. And he says, yes, remember that. Why? Why am I giving you this? I'm going to give you a whole message, but I want you to cling to this part because the rest of it, you're going to need this part to cling to. Mm. Someday you're going to need this, Mary. Someday you're going to need this blessing. Someday the suffering comes. You're going to need to remember days like this one. You're going to remember those times in an altar, those times wherever you were that the Holy Spirit had a special blessing and a word for you. You're going to need to remember that, need to hang on to that for what else may be coming. So he gives them the purpose of this child's life. Simeon blesses them and then he says, now I'm going to tell you why this baby that is such a blessing to you, now I'm going to tell you why he's here and what he's here to do. Simeon's blessing prophesied four things. They're found in the first two verses that I read to you today. They were the text. The first thing he said is this. Jesus, Simeon saying this, this is the blessing, this is the prophecy. Number one, Jesus will condemn sin. This baby, whom you are blessed with, will condemn sin. You look at it, look back and you can see it for yourself. He said to Mary's mother, this child is the reason that many people in Israel will be condemned. There it is. Why would they be condemned? Because they will choose to hang on to the sin in their life even after he has told them what it is. And People who know the truth about Jesus are condemned by their sins from that point on unless they confess. And because of that, they will hate him. Don't point at anybody. There's no one here like that today, but we can all think of people in our lives that we know that have just that knew the Lord, that have been in church, that have known God. They've known his ways. They've known his spirit. And now they're so far away from the Lord. Right. And every time you try to talk to them about Jesus, what do they do? I don't want to hear all that mess. Done with all that church stuff. It's always the same stuff. A bunch of hypocrites down there. It's always the same thing, isn't it? All they ever do is talk about money. Really what they're doing is trying to deflect away from the, the real issue. It's not about the hypocrites at the church or the fact that the church is, is taking up a tithe and offering. It's about the fact that they, are, that they are convicted for the sin that they are trying to hang on to in their life. Jesus exposes and condemns sin. We all want to be like, don't we? We all want to be accepted. But Jesus knew he would be that stumbling block for people. He didn't want to be. He wanted to love them. He wanted them to love him. But he knew. He could tell by the way when he spoke to the Pharisees, the way they reacted to him. He knew. People that don't love me are going to hate me. And all around our world, it's pretty easy to see 
who loves him and who doesn't. That here's one thing that Jesus will force people to do. He will, he will force people to acknowledge truth and either accept it or reject it. The thing, the thing that you know about this, about Jesus, is this. Once you know about Jesus, you are faced with a decision that you cannot get away from. Because Jesus is not just a historical figure. You could think whatever you want to think about any other historical figure that you want. I could name any, any number of names to you, and you can think what you want and have your opinion, like them, dislike them, whatever. Or, 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 just, or, or in fact, just ignore the fact that they ever even existed. That, that's your prerogative to do that. But with Jesus, it's different. Once you've been confronted By the sacrifice of Christ, you have a decision to make. And you will either accept him or you will deny him or you will run from him. But even that is a decision. There's nothing you can do except at some point deal with this Jesus. you got to deal with him. There's nowhere to go. There's no place to hide. Simeon said in the blessing that day, this child right here is going to bring you all a lot of joy and a lot of peace. You're going to have a lot of fun with him, watch him grow up, la, 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 la. But someday, people are going to be offended by him because he's going to condemn sin. He won't condemn sinners. He'll never condemn sinners. He'll love sinners. He'll hang around with them. He'll want to, he'll want to invest in them. He'll want to lead them into a better life. But he will condemn their sin. And he went on and he said, but he'll also save sinners. He said, this child is the reason that many people in Israel will be condemned, but he's also the reason that many others will be saved. Everybody who will accept the words, the works of Christ, believe upon him as the savior of all mankind, the Bible said will instantly become new creations in him. And they will be saved from their sins. They'll be saved from their past. And the Bible says that they will then be kept by his grace forever. And that even more than that, these folks will rule and reign with Christ throughout eternity. The people that are legitimately saved and listen and heed the the conviction of the Holy Spirit throughout the entirety of their lives will never be lost again. This is the desire of God. This is the desire of Christ that we would all be saved. And all we have to do in order to be saved is to accept him, to believe that he is who he said he was, to believe upon him. So Simeon's, uh, his blessing, it carried those two things. And then third thing it carried was this. He said, Jesus will expose rejects. Not people we've rejected, people that reject him. He won't ever reject anybody. Jesus will never reject anyone. But here's the truth that people need to understand. Anyone who rejects his message after they know the truth will forever live with that terrible decision. And they will spend the rest of eternity wishing to God himself that they had never even heard the name of Jesus. 
but they'll live with the truth forever. They'll live with the fact that he is who he said he was, but they'll be unable to change their plight at that point because it's too late. If you turn your back on Jesus after you know him, after you've heard about him, after you have the truth in your heart, then you'll wish you'd never even heard his name. And who are these, who are these people I'm talking about? These are the ones, guys. This is, why, this is why as Christians we need to hear this. These are the ones who use his name to curse. They use his name to tell jokes. They blaspheme him. They speak disrespectfully of him. Say, well, Pastor, what are you talking about? Don't get convicted just yet. But some of the people that you think are the funniest are people who tell jokes about Jesus and God and holy things and church. You know how they're able to tell those jokes? It comes from a certain knowledge that they have. They have to have a little bit of an understanding about it in order to make fun of it. And the reason it strikes such a chord with us is because we have the same truths that they have truth that they're operating from. Every time you hear somebody say something like, Jesus Christ, it ought to just send chills or cringe that somebody would so flippantly use the name of Jesus. I'm not trying to offend anybody in here today. We have people in this room that are from all over the world and represent all different kind of religions. But it is startling to me that the only one that we ever put the word damn it on the end of is God. Because it wouldn't be funny, Pastor, if we said Confucius. It wouldn't be funny. But how many times as believers do we just become desensitized? Well, it's just the way they talk. It's the way they talk. Because there's something really wrong going on in their heart. That's why they talk like that. Simeon said that day in the course of that blessing, he said, Jesus is going to expose rejects. The people that rejected him, he's going to expose them. I know this is a convicting word. Our loving Jesus is a convictor. The scripture said that he would be the sign that would expose their thoughts. Now, we can tell exactly what people are thinking by what they say. So when they use the name of our God in jest, then we know exactly what's going on in their heart. Because the scripture says it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. They are being exposed They're being exposed. Jesus is the sign that will expose. And the fourth one. He told Mary that day. Jesus will pierce good hearts. 
He'll condemn sin. He'll save sinners. He'll expose rejects, and he will pierce good hearts. What's it mean? It's very simple. When you know him and love him as we do, many times that will cause you suffering. If you don't believe me, you just talk to our brothers and sisters who are trying to do what we are doing in other countries right now. Many of them are losing their homes. They lose their possessions. Some of them even lose their lives. They're disowned by their families. All because they choose to accept the love of Christ. They didn't do anything wrong. They're not a bad person. Why are other religions so intimidated? Why are other religions so intimidated by love? I'll tell you why. It's because love is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Was he bragging? No, he's just telling the truth. Because he was the truth. There's just no other way. And that is offensive. Didn't mean it to be. It's just, that's the way. And because of that, many people are offended. And many people suffer. Christians in particular suffer because they choose to believe that Jesus is who he said he was. Christians aren't trying to be angry toward anybody else. They're not trying to be exclusive to the rest of the world. They're not trying to make anybody else angry. They're not trying to be better than someone else. They're just clinging to truth as the insignificant beings that we are, trying to find truth and love and get into heaven. And because of that, it puts a serious wedge between some of our relationships. And we may not suffer as our brothers and sisters suffer in many other parts of the world, But we still suffer here too. Our kids at school, they suffer persecution. Maybe not persecution that, you know, that when it gets right down to it really matters. But I'm telling you, it's the kind of persecution that that causes a kid that when he wants to pray over his meal at lunch to drop his fork on the floor... Drop my fork. God, I ask you to bless this food. You ever prayed that prayer? Mary didn't know what the blessing meant that day. Simeon said, Mary, you're going you're gonna to struggle. You're going to suffer because... Of this baby. He's cooing right now. Look at him. He's smiling. You got him up burping him. He brings you so much joy. You're having so much fun with this baby. Enjoy it Simeon said. But someday. Loving him like you do. Is going to pierce your heart. She didn't know what he was talking about. She didn't know that someday she would stand at the foot of the cross where her baby was being crucified. 
that she would have to stand at the foot of the cross and watch that blood ebb and flow out of her son until all the life was gone. Until at one point he would say, I did what I was supposed to do and I'm giving up the ghost. She had to stand there looking at her son, the object. Mama, listen to this. How proud you are of your children. How they can do no wrong. For her to stand at a cross and look at her son who was being humiliated. He'd been crucified. He'd been beaten. He'd been whipped. He'd been tried. A spear was shoved into his heart. And he was now vilified and objectified by all of humanity that would stand and wag their heads at him and look at him as if he were the the, the, the off the, the off scouring of everything negative and bad in this world. And Mary had to stand and look at her son, who the rest of the world looked at as he must be terrible because this only happens to the worst. They only do this to the worst. Mary pondered all these things in her heart, didn't she? Stood at the foot of that cross. And when that spear went into his side, it went into hers too. And Simeon knew it would. He said, someday, the sword's going to pierce your heart. Oh, it'll cost you. It'll cost you. You want to be his disciple. Don't you be so flippant as to say you're a Christian and then to go ahead and live your life the way you want. No, you better not. That's why we don't take communion if our hearts aren't right with God. We talked about it last week. We're not going to take communion until we've identified with the body and the blood of Christ. This is serious business. It'll cost you all you are and it'll cost you everything you have to be his disciple. It'll take up your priorities. It'll take up your ambitions. It will demand that you live and walk in faith with your money, with your health, with your relationships. I'm telling you, this life with Christ will cost you everything. Just like it did Mary. But with the blessing is what Simeon saw that day at the temple. He recognized that this baby was going to grow up to be the savior of all mankind. And that whatever he must sacrifice would be worth it all. So now very quickly, this is, this is how we're wrapping this up. Listen to this. You say, well, pastor, what was the blessing? The blessing was this. The blessing that Simeon gave to Mary and Joseph is the same blessing that he gives to us, which is what made all those four other things worth it. Are you ready? It was this. Mary, you're blessed because you got to know him. You're blessed because you got to love him. You're blessed because you got to spend time 
being with Him. You're blessed because you get to spend eternity with Him. Now do you get it? The blessing that Simeon gave Mary and Joseph, He gave to us. The very same things that we are blessed That's why I'm going to follow him. That's why I'm going to follow him at all costs. That's why I'm never going to deny him. That's why I'm sticking with him. It doesn't matter. I'm sticking with this guy. It's worth it to me to get to know him and love him and be with him and spend eternity with him. So what if, so what if a sword pierces my heart? Church, so what if a sword pierces your heart? And it causes you to have to pray your prayers a little differently. Mm. So many good things Simeon said that day. With a blessing and a prophetic word. He didn't just speak to Mary and Joseph, did he, that day? He spoke to me. Kevin, when I first started in ministry, I used to spend my altar times begging people to come to Christ. I would beg them, come to Jesus, because I knew, I knew that heaven was awesome and I knew that hell was terrible. And I didn't want anybody to go to hell, and so I would beg people to come to Christ. Over the years, My method has somewhat changed. The older I get, I find myself now trying to talk people out of coming to Jesus. Better not do this unless you mean it. I'm just telling you straight up, here's here's what the Bible said. If anyone wants to be a disciple, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow him. That's not easy. I've been doing it for a long time. I would I do not regret one day that I've spent serving, toiling, and even suffering for my Lord. I don't regret one second of it, but I would tell you right now that you better count the cost if you think that you're going to become a disciple of Christ. Because it will cost you everything. Because God wants to save you, not just from your sins, but He, listen to it, God wants to save your pocketbook. God wants to save your marriage. I didn't say fix it. He wants to save the people in it so they can get along. God wants to save everything about your life and you can't come to an altar and just give him bits and pieces you can't come and say I surrender some, I surrender some, all to thee my blessed savior I surrender some the song said all doesn't it so Lord I'm asking you, Apollo said that there would be some that would water Some would plant, some would water, some would reap. 
Over the years, Lord, in patience, we have learned that not every week is the week of harvest in a person's life. Sometimes the seed's being sown, sometimes it's being cultivated, sometimes it's being watered, sometimes the sun's just shining down on it, and then sometimes it's ready to, it's ready to harvest. I don't know where they're at here today in that. I don't know. The responsibility isn't on me today to save anybody. In fact, when I say amen, I'm, I'm, I'm exonerated of my responsibilities. I've told the truth. I go about living my life at that point. But every person in this room and every person that is with us on this live stream right now must deal with the confrontation of Jesus Christ. Now they know they'll have to do something with him. They either have to accept him, reject him, or keep on running from him. But they have to do something with this Jesus. Give us the courage in this place today to make hard decisions. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. Please don't get up and move around. Honor this moment. Someone's very eternity might depend on the next few minutes. It's more important than you beating someone to Golden Corral right now. Who am I talking to this morning? That one who's never come to Christ or maybe the one who's come to Christ, but you've been the one that just didn't sell out all. And here we are on the new year, the first day of a new year. I loved this. I look at Bible Gateway every day. I look at the verse of the day. The verse of the day today is 2 Corinthians verse chapter 5 verse 17 NIV it reads like this therefore if anyone is in Christ the new creation has come the old has gone the new is here isn't that awesome the new is here the old is gone the new is here that's your verse whoever I'm talking to I'm not even asking you to raise your hand right now because we're all we're, we're all praying for you but whoever I'm talking to right now I want you to be the boldest and the most courageous you've ever been in your life if you're ready to stand for Christ if you're ready to accept him wholeheartedly into your life if you're ready to live and die for him if necessary if you're ready to follow him to the ends of the world and then all the way into eternity as your Lord and Savior I want you to jump up very proudly to your feet right now if you say I'm that person and I'm ready to make that commitment today come on come on oh, I know you're here I wouldn't have just spent the last 30 minutes giving you that word are you afraid don't be afraid this is an amazing time it's awesome we're going to rejoice nobody's going to look down on me everybody in this room's going to clap as soon as you stand on your feet I mean it's an exciting thing who am I talking to today would say either for the very first time or else today I need to rededicate my life to Christ but I'm ready to do it today even after everything I've heard I'm ready to do this today I want the blessing of Simeon in my life. I'm, ask, I'm not going to ask you much longer, but I'm giving you the opportunity if that's you, stand to your feet very quickly. Stand to your feet. Come on. Come on. Stand to your feet. Who am I talking to? I'm ready to make that, that consecration, that commitment, that dedication. I'm ready to sell out all to Jesus. Who else? Who else? I'm ready, to, I'm ready to take up my cross and follow Christ the rest of my life. I'm ready to do this. 
Who else? It's your word. Who else? Church, would you pray? I, I'm, I'm, I'm letting this go for a minute because I know, I know in my heart that there's a couple more people that are supposed to be standing right now. I don't want to let this moment go by. of you that are standing to your feet, come on, just come on down to the altar. Come on down and kneel down here and pray. Just come and talk to Jesus. Just come and tell him what's going on. I appreciate y'all's courage. Who else? Who else? Who else will come? Who will follow their example? Who else? Pastor, I'm ready to make a public public confession of my life. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to let the world know I'm going to serve Him. I'm ready to rededicate myself to Christ, to His work. Can't let it go because it's, it's still strong in my spirit. I can't let it go. I will eventually let up and go, but I'm speaking to you right now. Two more people that are supposed to be down here right now. Specifics, all right, two men that are supposed to be down here right now. One of these guys that I'm talking to had a he had a great relationship with Christ years ago. He's just gotten away from the Lord. Very convicted now, right at this moment, because all that he's heard the Holy Spirit loved him so much and he brought him to this place but he he walked with the Lord when he was a youngster when he was a kid and got away from the Lord late teens and he hasn't come back Holy Spirit's beckoning to him today I, I don't know how I can be much more specific than that you know exactly who you are I could probably come and get you I'm not going to if any of you ladies want to come and pray with these that are here you're, at this point you, they, it'd be great come down and support them pray with them courage give us the courage make a public profession in our heart Lord we already we're already broken and we're already meaning it but give us the courage to make a public profession today